It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. everybody good morning great way to start the day 907 here on the KOA News Radio Rick Lewis here with Kathy Lee and Millennial Grant Dave Logan out for the week Dave's not here and we've got some snow a little bit of snow out there kind of spitting snow in some places it's going to come in later tonight probably about five o'clock but doesn't look like anything significant here at least in denver but certainly cold cloudy gray skies this is kind of what grant and i grew up with back in the midwest every day in winter kind of looks like this and i don't miss it uh, th- i you don't know like what? it here that's one of the reasons <laughs> i left me too and you know what uh, the month of february has not been all that good i i saw yesterday that if if the month ended yesterday. It would be the third coldest February in history for Denver, Colorado. Third coldest. You got to go back to it was like the late 1800s in like 1923, where one and two. So we're talking over a hundred years ago when February was this cold. I don't know what's going on, but this is this is not normal for Denver, Colorado, and it looks like. It's going to kind of be like this for a while. I don't see any uh, any warming trend, you know, significant warming trend on the uh, near horizon. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, today, uh, significant, two significant birthdays today, especially when you consider that it is Black History Month. Two of the greatest black athletes ever and probably the greatest of all time in their sport. First of all, Michael Jordan, 58 years old today, the great basketball player, and Jim Brown, 85, the great football player. Yeah, pretty big uh, birthdays for those guys. Both celebrating their birthday today. That's worth noting Mm -hmm. uh, for both of those guys, and then it being Black History Month as well. Jim Brown, uh, a guy that when I was a kid, I really, uh, I, I guess, 
I guess in a way I, I emulated Jim Brown. I wore number 32 when I was in high school because I, w- I thought Jim Brown was just so great. And at the time also O.J. Simpson wore number 32. This is before O.J. did what he did, obviously way before. But I looked up to uh, to Jim Brown and then uh, had him on the radio show once or twice over the years, and then last summer, no, wait, it wasn't last summer. It was the summer before that when we were in Canton for the the Broncos Hall of Fame game uh, with Dave Logan, and we had our wives with us, and we were kind of kind of like trying to find our way into the the Hall of Fame area for the game. And we kind of were lost, didn't know where we were going. And we kept asking people, so how do we get to wherever we were supposed to be? And we were getting different directions. We ended up going through the wrong door, and we walked into a room that looked like it was being set up for some sort of gathering, and it was really hot and humid there. So we decided, hey, let's just stay here for a minute and kind of get out of the sun and the heat. And so we're in this room just the four of us, me and Dave and, uh, and our wives, and, and they had some, you know, some food and drinks set up and all that, so we grabbed the drink. And then all of a sudden, in comes all of the NFL Hall of Fame guys. Are you sure you were supposed to be in that room? No, we weren't supposed oh. to be in that room. <laughs> I, I guarantee you we were not supposed to be in that room. How'd you end up in that room? I don't know. It, by mistake. You know, like I said, we got bad directions from the whoever was telling us where to go. And so we're in that room as all the Hall of Famers come in. The all the all the past Hall of Famers all wearing their gold jackets. And there we were, and Jim Brown was one of them. And so I was just blown away that I that I was even just standing next to Jim Brown. And then did Dave talk to him? Dave didn't talk to Jim. He ended up talking to that's when uh, Mel Blunt. Oh yeah. Uh, and Lynn Swan and, and some of the guys then played with Dave, recognized Dave, and yeah. so they started talking to Dave. So we hung around, and it was really cool. That's you mean cool. they didn't recognize you? They didn't, Grant. That surprises me. Yeah, I was, I was a roots. little shocked by that, Grant. <laughs> yeah. Hey, like, I'm the Ohio guy, okay? <laughs> you know, I played high school football here. I wore Tim Brown's state, number. And I wore number 32. Now, Dave, you know, Dave playing 10 years in the NFL, These some of these guys – New Dave. I don't think they played with him, but played against him. And so we got to hang around in there. And they were all in there. And this is just before they went out on stage for the presentation. And that was the year uh, Pat Bolin went in. And so that's why we were there. And that's why the Broncos were playing there. And so it was really, really cool. It's kind of like a a fantasy for a, a you know big NFL fan. Which I've been my whole life. Yeah, and those era of players were when you were, you know, all of them really into it. Every one of them. That's awesome. Was in there, and it was just, it was great. So Jim Brown was one of those guys, and like I said, I was like a little kid. Like I'm, I'm standing next to Jim Brown, and I never said hi to him. I didn't feel like I should because I wasn't even supposed to be in there, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you weren't. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I don't want them like kick me out. No. Like, who's this dude that keeps bugging me? Yeah, Just observe this guy? from the corner and drink it all in. That's what I was doing. Yeah. And Jim Brown had a cane. And you know, it was a little disappointing because that he was probably what, eighty three then. 
and he he had a cane, and he was all hunched over like an old man, you know, and he could barely walk, which, you know, for most of these NFL guys, you get to 80, I mean, you are broken down. Well, yeah, I mean, they beat up their bodies in they their did. 20s, you know? They did, yeah, and he... I mean, you see guys who played in the NFL in their 40s and they're beaten up. Uh, you see guys in their 30s even. That's crazy. That are broken down already. And then you see some guys like Dave who just look great and not broken down. It is pretty amazing. You know, and Dave had a lot of injuries when he played, but he he's one of those guys that kind of escaped the wrath of, the, of playing in the league, especially for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got, you know, some things he's dealing with, but... Nothing like the rest of these guys. Oh, it's crazy what, seeing some of them and how each of them, they're just so different in where they are in their lives, you know? Yeah, so uh, happy birthday, Jim Brown and Michael Jordan. Have you seen that movie, One Night in Miami, yet? Mm-mm. No. About Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X? No. Meeting in a uh-uh. hotel room? No. Oh, man, I just watched it the other day. It is great. Just getting the kind of the behind the scenes of, what was going through their head at the time during the civil rights movement and their plans of how to make things better for the black community. And it was really interesting. They all meet in a hotel room after uh, Muhammad Ali's fight with Sonny Liston. And then they just talk about the ways they're trying to influence the world and kind of what's going on in their lives. And Jim Brown was probably my favorite character in the movie. But it was just, it was really interesting to see kind of their thought process of what they were trying to implement in the 60s. Yeah, and that that, that was the the decade of the the big civil rights movement and civil rights activist and uh those guys were leading the way. And, and Jim Brown I, I think most people know his personal life you know, there was some things that maybe he regrets today. In fact, I've heard him say that recently that he regrets some of the things that happened, mostly with women. You know, he had a lot of issues with women and domestic violence. Not a good look, not a good thing, especially for a guy like that that's an icon and a leader in the community. And as he's gotten later in life, he regrets that as well. But he did have a lot of influence, especially in the in the black community. You know, and, and he was one of those guys... When I lived in L.A., and he lived in L.A. too, by the way, this was in the 80s, he was doing a lot of work with the, with the gangs in L.A., you know, trying to see if he could help with that situation. And that's when the, the street gangs in L.A. were just blowing up in the 80s. And, and he would meet with them. And so I admire a lot of the things that he did. Obviously, the domestic violence issues not good, but on the other hand, he did some some other good things in his life, and I had a good friend of mine, one of my best friends when I lived in L.A., who also happened to be a black dude. Um, he used to hang out with Jimmy Brown Jr. Jimmy Jimmy Jimmy's was his son, and they would go to his house. They'd go to Jim Brown's house, and he would tell me those stories. Well, that was like hanging out with the man. And they would play pickup basketball at Jim Brown's mansion. You know, a bunch of guys. And then Jim, who was like 50-something by then, and he said the guy's still a 
beast. He's a beast of an athlete, even at 50. And he was telling me how super competitive he was playing against these guys who were like 22, 23 years old. And the gyms out there, you know, uh, competitively playing with these guys at a high level and, uh, and, 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 and was very intimidating on a basketball court, as you could probably imagine. A very intimidating guy in general. So very, very cool. We're going to talk uh, some football a little bit later. Um, coming up on the show, a little bit after 10, we're going to talk to Matt Russell. And you know Matt, great, great player here at uh, CU, and he was John Elway. They called him John Elway's lieutenant, who was John's right-hand man for many, many years and retired uh, this year. And we'll get get him on and and see what his plan is for life after stepping down. He's still a a young guy, and uh, just a really good dude, too. Got a chance to know him these last several years. I've been calling the games with Dave, and just really, really likable guy. Uh, and so we'll get him on. And then Benjamin Albright's going to come on, too. There are a lot of rumors circulating around right now about the Denver Broncos. And, number one, the quarterback situation here with Drew Locke and some are, are are outright saying that the Broncos have moved on from Locke. I don't necessarily believe that to be true. But it's being reported by some guys in the media. Uh, Michael Lombardi of The Athletic reported that on Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. He thought the Broncos were finalizing a deal last week before negotiations broke down. And he said that he noted that the idea that Drew Locke is the franchise quarterback is essentially null and void. So we'll see what Benjamin Albright can tell us about that. And and not just Michael Lombardi, but others have been saying the same thing. Because the Broncos apparently at least listened to the Lions about Matthew Stafford and what they wanted. And so that's led some people to think, well, that means they're done with Drew Locke. I don't think that is necessarily the case. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are out there, though, right now that are good. You have Carson Wentz and you have Deshaun Watson. So I think the Broncos have to kind of consider their options because it's a time to kind of see what else is out there. I think if Deshaun Watson was available, they would they would make a run at him. And why wouldn't you? No generational talent. And then a story about Von Miller, too that is out there. ESPN's uh, Dan Graciano uh, says that the uh, Broncos are expected to decline the option on Von Miller's contract between now and March 16th, which means Von would be a unrestricted free agent for the first time in his career. So he's saying they're moving on from Von. We'll see what uh, our... NFL Insider says about that as well. And just days after J.J. Watt was released by the Texans, you think those are probably the two biggest pass rushers of the last decade mm-hmm. in the NFL. So Certainly right up there. To right. See what happens. Yeah, and you're right. J.J. Watt still a very good player. And we'll see where he ends up. Rumors are the Browns. Yeah, I've heard the Browns. That would be awesome for me as a Browns fan. I mean, yep. him and Miles Garrett lined up on the corners. Rushing the passer, they could create some real havoc. 
Yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of stuff, a lot of speculation about the Denver Broncos. Then we'd like to take your phone calls after we discuss all of that. And I'd like to know what you fans are thinking about all of this and the future of Drew Locke. It seems like most fans have turned on him and have seen enough and ready to move on. That's how it feels to me, but we'll kind of get a gauge uh, later on in the show from you listeners on that. I went into the the final week of the season. I was thinking 90% chance Drew Locke is back as the starting quarterback. But then when John Elway stepped down, I think it's probably less than 50-50 at this point. And I was certain going in, but then when John Elway stepped down, I think that kind of changes the, the discussion. That's just me, though. I don't know anything. Nobody's told me anything. That's just my thought. I think less than 50-50 now for Drew Locke. And you can see that there seems to be interest in some of these other quarterbacks out there, as there should be. I mean, there's some good ones out there, as you said, Kathy. Yep. You know, if really you could get Deshaun Watson, I think you would definitely take a look at that. Have you seen the latest uh, rumor about the Panthers trade offer offer for Deshaun Watson? No. This is from uh, David Newton, who covers the Panthers for ESPN. He said the Panthers will do whatever it takes to get Deshaun Watson, and that includes giving up three first-round draft picks and Christian McCaffrey. If they're going to throw that at the Texans, wow, what, the Broncos can't compete with that. Wow. Um, well, you could give three first-round draft picks. Who would you give up? Can you trade Vaughn in that? <clears throat> I don't know if they would want him. Well, they just at that that price, they'd have to renegotiate with him. I, I could see the three first-round draft picks. So somebody that would be similar I mean, to Christian McCaffrey. I, yeah, who is that? He's the uh, best yeah, running back in the he NFL. He is the best running back in the NFL. I, I'm trying to think of a young player that they maybe would want, like a Do they need a maybe a Judy. Um. Yeah, I think so. Drew Locke? Yeah, maybe well, three first-rounders, Jerry Judy yeah. and Drew Locke. And Drew Locke has been rumored to be in some of these discussions yeah. that were going around about Matthew Stafford I wonder and that, that trade. makes you feel, though, as a player, that you don't know really what's going on. And all of a sudden, oh, by the way, you're being traded today. Can't make you feel good, to, even to hear the rumors. Yeah. Doesn't make you feel good. Well, remember, that's why Jay Cutler got pissed. Because he knew nothing about it, and then McDaniels came in and was like, offered him up. But you know, uh, when you're in the NFL, that it's very possible that yeah, they're they're always looking to upgrade. Yeah, always. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter who you are. To a point, I'll never forget what uh, Matt McChesney told me. Now, Matt was a, a journeyman mm-hmm. player. Keep that in mind, but. He uh, tells a story about being signed by the Dolphins, and Bill Parcells was the GM of the team. And Bill called him into his office to sign the contract. And he said, you know, as Matt was signing the contract, he said something like, well, congratulations, young man. Welcome to the Miami Dolphins. And you should know that we are already looking for your replacement. That's what he said when he's signing his contract. And that's how you know, that's kind of maybe typical Bill Parcells, but he's basically telling him, 
Hey, don't get too comfortable here. Well, I told you some inside scoop that I got from a good source that Jared Goff knew nothing about the trade. That's right. When after the trade happened, they're like, you're going to Detroit. And he's like, what? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Close friend of his. got some good inside info on that. All right, 925, let us take a break here, and uh, we will be back with more. Hang on. This is KOA News Radio. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You hear that instrument? That's called a Mellotron. Let me take you. talking about this this morning on our show on the Fox. I'm gaining a new uh, appreciation for the Beatles. The more I listen as I get older, I, they were they were kind of a, just a, a pop boy band to me when I was a little kid. And then they got into LSD and this song was influenced by LSD. John Lennon was going through a, a phase and he said he thinks this is the best song he wrote with the Beatles right here but that 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 keyboard that Mellotron that starts the song man I just never heard anything like that before hmm. very very cool very unique and they got the Mellotron idea from a guy named Mike Pinder who was with the Moody Blues and that was his instrument and that the Mellotron was pretty much the Moody Blues signature sound so the Beatles kind of borrowed that and and made this song. Good stuff. All right, 939. Everybody, good morning. Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee, and uh, Millennial Grant here. Dave on vacation this Dave's week. Dave's not here. Talking about all kinds of stuff. And by the way, still millions of people without power in Texas. And bitter cold temperatures. It's a scary situation going on there. And it's like a perfect storm of things going wrong uh, with the system there. And there's a lot of people paying the price for that right now. They're just not used to that. You know, they do get some cold weather. But not snow like that. But not this cold. Yeah. Brutal, brutal cold temps. 70% of the country's covered in snow right now. And as I mentioned at the top of the show... As of right now, this is the coldest or third coldest February in Denver history, going back a hundred years or more, which is crazy. So, just some very uh, 
unusual weather happening. So we're talking about uh, we we're talking about the Broncos. A lot of rumors going on about the Broncos right now uh, regarding the quarterback situation and Von Miller. Now there's a Von Miller story out there from ESPN that the Broncos will cut him basically, and he would be an unrestricted free agent. We're going to get our two insiders on later in the show, Benjamin Albright and Brandon Cristal, and uh, we'll get their take on that. And then yours as well, you callers and you texters. We have John from Denver on the line. Hello, John. Hey, Rick, how you doing? Doing good, John. Thanks for calling. Um, yeah, I, uh, Leonard McCartney, you know, I'm a Beatle maniac. I've been to Liverpool, and uh, when they had a competition with writing, you know, Leonard wrote Strawberry Fields, and McCartney wrote Penny Lane. And that's that's how that started. And, the, and Penny and, Lane uh, was the the B side of that forty five, right? And Penny Lane is a real road to Liverpool, which I was at uh, once. I went to a Liverpool Everton game, expecting eight nine thousand people, and there were fifty thousand drunken Englishmen. Huh. You know, interesting. Broncos. Yeah, really interesting game. But um, uh, the other lucky thing I was able to do was when I went over in like eighty three, um, I was able to go into the crosswalk which is right there on Ivy Road. The studio is up on the left on the cover. When you look at it, the studio is up on the left. And I was able to take the tour. They only opened it for one summer that year, and I was able to go into studio number two, which, as you know, is probably considered to be the best studio in the world. With George Martin, yeah. In, George yeah. Martin, yeah, and everybody, yeah. Yep. And it's still, uh, still in use, and you watch movies, and you'll see recorded at Ivy Road Studios, and that's it. That'd be a cool trip. Yeah, it is great. You know what? Thank you, John. Like I said, I I just never really, I was never a Beatles fan. Uh, And maybe maybe I was a little too young to appreciate them at the time. But now, as I listen to them now, I I have gained an appreciation. And, And, you know, there's some Beatles songs that weren't very good. In fact, John Lennon would would be the first to tell you they were crap. You know, and he talks about it. He talked about it openly. Uh, when he was alive, and they were taking a lot of drugs, and they were experimenting a lot musically, and some of it was brilliant, some of it was was crap, was junk. This had to be in the LSD phase, right? It's got that psychedelic <laughs> sound to it, right? Yeah, yeah it does. I think that's when yeah. I started liking the Beatles. Maybe was after their their drug trips. Yep. See, their, that's when you got turned on to them. Way different. Way different. Compared to, I want to hold your hand and right. the stuff and they then were you doing. Have this. Then this, yeah. Or yellow submarine. Yep. So interesting on Strawberry Fields Forever. It's it, it, both Lennon and McCartney get a songwriting credit, but Lennon wrote the song. McCartney did. Now McCartney made a huge contribution with that Mellotron open on that song, which really set that song up. But he got a songwriting credit on it. It's interesting who gets songwriting credits and who doesn't. And that's true. Because remember, uh, we when we talked to, um, I'm thinking, do you think I'm sexy, Rod Stewart? And we asked him about the songwriting credit for... Carmine of Peace. And yeah. he laughed. He did. <laughs> so Carmine uh, always, and I, I've known Carmine of Peace for a long time, and he said he wrote that song. I guess I'd have to check and see what the official credit is for it. Let me see. 
But then we had Rod Stewart on the show, and I brought up, hey, I'm a fan of Carmine, and he laughed and told the Carmine story. I said, yeah, Carmine uh, told me he wrote, do you think I'm sexy? And, and Rod was kind of like, oh, he did, huh? Ha, <laughs> ha, okay. Like, oh, well, he didn't? Well, what? Who wrote it? It says it was written by Stewart, Carmine Apiece, and Dwayne Hitchings. So Carmine got a, a co-writing credit on it. Well, that's good. He did. But let's see. Uh, Drummers very rarely get songwriting credits. I don't know what it is, but it's wrong. They should. Because the drummer's in there basically creating the, 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 the groove, the feel of the song, the foundation of the song, and then they don't get any credit. So it says that most of the music for the song was written by drummer Carmine Apice, who had recently joined Stuart's band. Apice told, or Apice, what do you call him? Apice or Apice? I call him a piece. His brother is Apice. It says His we brother Vinny goes by Apice. Carmine goes by a piece. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I never know. It says we were in the studio and Miss You by the Rolling Stones is a big hit. Rod was always a guy that used to listen to what was going on around him. He was always looking at the charts and listening. He was a big fan of the Rolling Stones. So when that song came out with Miss You, disco was really big at the time. So he wanted to do something kind of disco-y song, something like Miss You. Not nothing like Gloria Gaynor, he said. So I'm trying to see what else he's a. He so Rod Stewart said, "I want a song like that," and I came up with a bunch of chords and a melody. I presented it to him via a friend of mine, Dwayne Hitchings, who was a songwriter who had a little studio. We went in his studio and his drum machines and his keyboards, and he made my chords sound better. We gave Rod a demo of the verses and the bridge, and Rod came up with the chorus. Okay, so so Rod gets a song, and Rod Stewart. Acted like he wrote the song when we talked to him, which, whatever. That's fine. 970-412 text, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds equals LSD. You knew that, right? I had never put that together. Yeah, that's what it... That makes perfect that sense. That was the LSD era, where they were experimenting with a lot of things back then. Uh, from the 720-589, I'm on LSD right now. Keep the tunes coming, man. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, from the 720-595, third coldest February in recorded, i.e. recent history. Please don't sensationalize. Or put it another way, how many ice ages have there been? Well, that's that's a, a valid point. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, when you consider the history of the world... And our weather records go back about 150 years. Yeah, not even it's not even the tip of the iceberg. And the the weather for the that we've experienced as a planet since the planet started, there's been many many cha- uh, climate changes over the history of the world, from hot to cold and cold to hot and back and forth and back and forth. So, yeah, I get it, I understand. But all we have is the records that we have been keeping and this would be the third coldest february in recorded history going back to, in denver's case in denver is a, a young city still denver's case you're only going back a hundred and what 40 years or so that's how long they've been keeping records and then here at denver they decided it was a good idea to change where they kept the official weather records from inside the city of Denver, like the Stapleton area, to DIA out on the Plains, which also has changed the the records pretty significantly in the last 25 years.
because it's it's almost a different climate out there than you get in the city. I don't think that they should have changed it. I, I don't think, think they should have either. Why didn't they just start doing it like downtown? <laughs> you know, from the beginning, just do it from yeah. downtown Denver. Yeah, it's a whole different climate out on the plains yeah, where the get, airport is. You get windier. You get, I mean, right. you have a lot more stuff going on because nothing to protect it. So, yeah, uh, Texter, I am well aware of that. And I was not sensationalizing one bit. Just telling you, third coldest February on record. So, yeah. But that is significant when you consider third coldest February of the last 150 years. I think that's pretty significant. But third coldest February in the history of the world? No. (laughs) Not quite. I'll never forget when I was in, I was taking a geology class at NAU in Flagstaff and we went and and walked down into the Grand Canyon as a class. It was really, really cool to be able to do that. And the uh, professor was pointing out um, all of the uh, the uh, like like seashells and stuff that you can find, like these petrified, basically sea life. Mm-hmm. And so at one time that was the bottom of the ocean that was underwater at one time that was under the that was the bottom of the ocean and you can't even imagine that right now you can't even can't even imagine that far back and be able to have a point of reference to even think this was all underwater at one time so yeah the earth has gone through a, a lot, lot of changes, changes a lot of changes over the years and we seem to be going through one right now there's no doubt about it yeah, we just weren't around for all those other changes, you know, as humans. Well, this is a good text, I guess, a good point of why it's kept at the airport. That's at, They keep it at the airport because that's where the official meteorologist station is at. That's why it was at Stapleton, and now it's out at DIA. Yeah, in this case, they moved the airport way out of town when they built DIA. That uh, makes sense. And. Texture from the 303, I always wondered about DIA, why they measured temperatures out there. Nobody out there now. Nobody nobody really lives out there, although there They're have been some neighborhoods lot. going up out there uh, here in the recent years, so eventually... And it's going to continue to grow out there yeah. because there's nowhere else to grow. Right. That's that's where a lot of the, dro- the growth is right now mm-hmm. in the Denver metro area. I mean, you see when you drive out there how much has changed in a year. Uh, 619 text. That's, I think, San Diego. 619-597. Come on, people. You got to always be so technical. Leave my <laughs> friends alone. I think that's in reference to the other texter. About the third coldest February on record More comment. Recent history. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess because we're giving out information, they're going to correct us when they feel it's wrong. Oh yeah, we got that. There's there's a lot of uh, human uh, fact checkers out there, which is not a bad thing. No, because we want to be right. We don't want to give out. No, false you want, yeah, you definitely want to be right. And plus, I have you and Millennial Grant to look it up. It is pretty amazing that you know radio has changed a lot in recent years, and that's one thing that's really changed, where you can literally fact check yourself while you're talking. <laughs> And we do it all the time. Well, I remember when I first started, I mean, we had like five computers in the building, right? And I'd have to go back and look everything up and they weren't in the studios. 
No. So you had to run out no. and yeah. check right. it on a computer. We used carts and CDs when yeah. I started. I can't imagine. We get it all the time doing radio shows from listeners. You know, pretty much anything you say, there's going to be at least one person that will dispute it. And hate mail used to come in the mail, actually. It used to be mail. actually mail. Yes. and you have to Now take... it comes in via text. That took a lot more effort. <laughs> way oh, more way effort. more effort. Like, you had to yeah. be really mad. By the time you got it, you don't even remember what the subject was about. Yes, exactly. So now it's like instantaneous where you get fact-checked. And, hey. uh, you know, at some point, sometimes you get some haters out there, too. But, hey, that's how it is. I liked it the old way where it took weeks to get hate mail about a topic you talked about a week ago. Uh-huh. And even better, sometimes it can get lost in the mail and you never get it. That's true. This way, there's no escaping it. It's sitting there right in front of your face. <laughs> so feel free to text us, 56690. And people used to call us from their home phones. Like now a, no one even has one no anymore. One had a, well, like a hard had line a, phone? Yeah, nobody had a cell phone when I first started. Yep. Because cell phones are really expensive back then. Real quick, we have like a minute here. Let me get Keith on, uh, Kathy's neighbor, Keith. What's up, Keith? What's up, crew? What's up? What you doing, you Keith? Doing? Good. What's going on? Hey, man, just hanging out. Not too much, just hanging out, listening to you guys. Rick, I want to ask you something because I saw this documentary uh, yesterday on Tubi, uh, and it's, and it's in, in your area of Detroit. Have you heard of this group called Death? Death? No, I haven't. Death. It's a uh, it's a group that was uh, three black guys that was uh, in the seventies, and they played rock, man. Hmm. I'm going to check that out. A band called Death? Yeah. All right. I'm going to check that yeah. out during the break because yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, not, yes. Yeah, Death, you know. Yeah, yeah so, the, the, so it's actually called a band called Death. Their ba- their name is a band called Death. Yeah, yeah. I, saw, I, I just saw it on, on, on TV last night on Tubi. Went into the black uh, history uh, part of it, and and I read the, the caption, and I said, huh, let me check this out. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, it was three guys, three black guys from Detroit, and their, their name, their last name is Hacky. Hacky, okay. if that if that means if that means anything to you to you, Rick. <laughs> last name is Hacky. Hacky, all right. And yeah, and they're from Detroit, man. I, I thought I thought maybe you might have heard of them. I just wanted to see what your insight was on it. Let me Hack, take a look. It's, it's Hackney. Hackney. Let me take a look, Hackney. Keith. We're up against Hackney. a break yeah. here. In in uh, okay. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe uh, there'll be a reference from me in there somewhere that. Will trigger a memory. Thanks for calling in, Keith. Okay. Oh. We'll talk to you guys later. Have All a right, day. man. Always good to hear from you. Let's get a break in here. And on the other side, we uh we're gonna bring up we're gonna talk to Matt Russell, former Broncos director of player personnel, really good dude, retired when John Elway stepped down. We'll talk with him. Benjamin Albright, too. All that coming up here. KOA News Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Good song. I like it. 10.08. And good morning. Rick Lewis, Kathy Lee, Millennial Grant here, Dave Logan, uh, off this week. And glad to have you with us. Got a little little sunburn through the clouds there for a minute or two. Now it's kind of hidden again. We're going to bring on uh, the former Broncos director of player personnel, former uh, CU Buffalo great. He was the Butkus Award winner. Uh, which goes to the best linebacker in college football when he played for uh, the CU Buffaloes. And his name is Matt Russell. We're going to bring him on. Matt, hey, good morning, Matt. How you doing? Good, Rick. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. Wanted to get a chance to catch up with you. Never got a chance to to say goodbye since we didn't travel with the team uh, right. th- this past year. I didn't see you. And, and then yeah. uh, you, uh, when uh, John Elway stepped down as general manager, then – Looks like you retired. Is that is that what you're calling it? A retirement? Is it is yeah, it I mean, really a retirement? Think, well, I mean, we'll see. Kind of see what the future has to hold. But but I think right now with with a freshman at Valor and and a sixth grader who he'll be a freshman shortly at, at uh, probably Cherry Creek or, or Valor. And you know, I I, th- I think I'm at a point in my life where I really want to take a step back and and just be there for them and kind of be their, be their assistant, be there for them, be at every game and, and tote them around in the evenings to their practices and do stuff like that and do some traveling. So we'll see what the future has to hold. But right now, that's kind of my plan. Well, that's that's nice to have that option. There's no doubt about it. Is your, yeah. your son at Valor, is he a football player? No, he is a football player. He's, he's on the Junior Bruins, so he's on the feeder program to go play for Dave in a couple of years. So okay. that may be the course he takes. And then my daughter is a freshman at Valor. So. Oh, your daughter. daughter okay, yeah. your daughter's the freshman Correct. at Valor. All right. Yeah. Yeah, your son, is he kind of following in your footsteps with football? Yeah, he is. He, he loves football. He doesn't play linebacker. He's an offensive lineman. And uh, he's, he's about the size I was as a freshman at high school in sixth grade. So he... Uh, He's he's going down that same path and and uh, he loves it. So as long as he loves it and loves playing, hopefully he'll uh, he'll have a, a as long a career as he wants to have. Yeah, that's great. That'll be a lot of fun for you. And you know, I just yeah. wanted to tell you, man. You know, uh, having a chance to to work, you know, with you guys and travel with you guys over the last four seasons. Well, not last year, but the three pre, uh, three previous. I just thought you were one of the coolest guys. That uh, I would I would come across every every weekend. You know, we get a chance to travel and we yeah. see you at the stadium. And you were just always very uh, very kind, and always smiling, very respectful, and and one of the my favorite people that I got to interact with with the Denver Broncos. So I, I wanted to touch base with you and and just make sure everything's good and 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 wish you well. Whatever you're going to do next. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Rick, and, and the feelings are likewise. I mean, we all spend so much time together, and, and uh, like you said, traveling and being on the road and, 
And I missed those things this year. I really did. It was it was odd this year having such a pared down travel group when we went to the road games. But uh, but I missed that. And uh, and it's it's interesting. I was I was funny. I was talking to, to Patrick Smythe this morning, and uh, you know we were talking about the things that you miss when you leave. You know football and and really any sport and probably any business and. And, you know, it's, it's funny, you, you talk to guys you played with, and they can, certain guys can remember, you know, hey, you remember that fourth down against Oklahoma when we were in, you know, Norman or whatnot, and I can't remember any of that, but I remember all my buddies, and I remember the relationships, and I remember the fun that you had, and that's what me and Patrick were talking about this morning. When you, when you leave, similar to what you're saying, Rick, is, you know, you, you, you get to know each other, and you get to have these cool relationships with each other, and so when you do take a step back and, and kind of walk away like I have, um, that's what you really miss, and and that's what I'll miss is I'll miss being around Patrick and John and and AJ and Jordan and and uh, you know the list goes on of all the guys up there at, uh, at Dove Valley, Vic and and the crew that that I'll miss being around. I totally get that, and as I mentioned, yeah. and, and people know this here, especially in Colorado, what a great college player you were. I got drafted in the fourth round by the Detroit Lions and suffered, I believe it was a knee injury, like your rookie season, yeah, which cut your career yeah. short. You're, you're right. Yeah, there were there were actually two of them. I, I played my rookie year and, and had a pretty solid season, and, and you know felt felt optimistic going into my second year, and then uh, got got a right knee ACL my second year, and then uh, came back and felt good going into my third year, and then uh, did it to my left knee, and uh, so the left knee was was really bad. It was it was worse than the right knee, so I was already kind of kind of. Uh, on the bubble in terms of athletic ability and that I kind of got by on effort and, and effort guys that lose a step typically get filed into the, the uh, retirement category. And, and that's what happened to me. So I just, I was hanging on anyway. And I think with, uh, with losing a step and the knee injuries and everything that, that uh, that's where, that's where things went South for me. So, yeah. So not only was your knee shattered, so was your dream of being a right. professional football player. And that's a huge adjustment in itself. So you're probably what, 25 years old, and your career is literally over at 25. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, I will say this. I, I think, you know, if, 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 uh, if you take a step back and you look at the statistics and you kind of see what the likelihood is, I was probably too young and naive in high school to realize that, you know, my dream of playing in the NFL was, was, was probably pretty far-fetched when you, when you look at the numbers. And so, you know, while you, while you, while everyone really kind of desires and, and dreams of having a good, long, productive career, it did get cut short. But I, I was still happy to have achieved that dream and, and uh, have made it, you know, made it to the NFL, even though it was, was very short-lived. So. But then your run as an executive in the NFL, obviously quite successful, uh, went to two Super Bowls, uh, one that you won, one that you lost. Uh, yeah. You were in on a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, draft picks and, you started off as a scout and then player personnel and then VP. And when you look back on it, I'm guessing the Super Bowl would be your greatest accomplishment, your Super Bowl season. Yeah, I think so. Definitely. Um, you know, as, as far as is my career, you know, as an employee, not a player, um, you know, I started in New England. We had we had two there um, in the in the early, early stages of New England. That was in the early 2000s when, when things were kind of getting up off the ground and and to be a part of those is really cool. And uh, that was when, you know, Brady took over for Bledsoe and nobody was real sure what was going to happen there. And, and then all of a sudden that kind of dynasty took off. And, and that was really cool to be there. But, but to be home and, uh, and to, to, for it to be Super Bowl 50 and, and uh, 
you know, a, a game like the Carolina game, I mean, that, that want to go down and in the history, I could still see Vaughn coming off the edge with that strip sack on, on cam. And so to, to be a part of that and that to happen for Denver and be in Colorado, um, my home and, uh, and that, that was without a doubt, probably the most exciting and, and memorable moment of, of my career. Now you were a scout for a number of years. Can you point out one player in particular that as a scout, you went to the general manager and said, Hey, we need to draft this guy in the first round. And, and if so, did that guy pan out? Well, I, I would say probably for me, you know, my, the, the thing that, that stands out for me is as a young guy, when, when I went to uh, a pro day at USC, um, Matt Castle was a backup at, at USC and he had only thrown 25, 35 passes in all of, of college. And, uh, I stayed around toward the end of the pro day to, uh, to just see him throw. I, I had a later flight. So I hung around, watched this guy throw. And, and I did, I felt like, wow, this guy's super talented. And then you look at a, t- a program like you, uh, USC and you think, okay, so you've got, you got Matt Leinart, you got Carson Palmer, you've got these guys that are coming through there. And then you get a guy like this who, you know, had this guy gone to Oregon or, or Oregon state is this guy, a guy we're talking about in the second or third round, but he got stuck behind, you know, a Heisman trophy winner at, at USC. So, I did go back to New England and, and told him all about Matt and and that, uh, you know, if we had a chance, we ought to try to take a flyer on him in the seventh round because, you know, the concern was Norm Chow had coached him in college and, and uh, that he would opt to go there as a free agent. And uh, so we did. We took a flyer on him in the seventh round, and, and uh, he's, he turned out to, to be a really good backup for New England and got paid a lot of money over his career. And, and I think at one point was viewed as kind of going to be the, the starter at Kansas City. And so he had a really – really good productive long career for a guy who really didn't play in college much at all yeah i was gonna say i know he i know he got paid he should be sending you checks every month <laughs> if you if you were the that. guy that did that the last time i saw it. seriously if you were the guy that discovered him at usc because that was quite the uh, long shot yeah yeah no it was you know and, and there have been plenty of those that didn't work out too so you know there's uh there's there's a backstory to all of those but sure as far as a find that was that was probably probably the one i'd hang my hat on Interesting. And, and, you know, another another thing that I admire about you, and, and people know the story, that you came back from a pretty dark place in your life. Yep. And, and yep. I commend you for that. I respect you for that. Uh, not a lot of people can come back from that, but you did. Uh, do you have any comment on that or anything you would like to say about that and, and how you were able to do that? Well, I think... You know, I was in a really bad place, and, uh, you know, it had been for quite a while. Um, you know, without without kind of belaboring the point, I think more than anything to, to, to anyone that's listening, and, and this is kind of where my heart has been for a long time since that, that happened, um, is the, the road that I went down um, was, was made worse and magnified by my embarrassment and my shame of the situation that I was in. Um, I think that I had tried to stop drinking. I had tried, um, you know, I, I found out later uh, once I went to rehab, um, the, the I'm going to go to, to beer and wine, not alcohol or not liquor, you know, those kind of things. It, it's almost kind of kind of kind of common when you get to, to rehab that that's what everyone's been trying to do. And so you find that commonality amongst everyone, and then you kind of get there and you kind of go to work and, and you figure out the, the ways to combat it. And what I'm trying to say is, is I wish I had done that sooner and I wish I had gone and gotten help sooner. And, you know, like I said, embarrassment, shame, admission, all those things hindered me from, from going forward, doing the right thing at the right time, which would have been before, obviously before the DUI. 
And uh, so in hindsight, I wish I had, had sought out help a lot sooner. I couldn't have done it by, by myself. And, uh, and I think that anyone that's listening who can relate to those things and, and, and really the, uh, the addiction issues, the serious issue and alcohol and opioids and, and not just the alcohol. And, but if you find yourself in a place where you just can't stop, it's affecting your, your life, your marriage, your workplace. There is no shame in, in seeking help. And, and we're at a point in our, I think where, you know, I think people realize in our country that, that uh, addiction is an issue and, and uh, there's outlets out there. There's resources out there for people to turn to. And, and I would recommend people turn to them if, if they feel like they need to. Well, that's great advice. And we have all known somebody. We've had family members or maybe even ourselves that have been there and have had to battle yeah. those demons. And you came through the other side, man, and you're a better man for it. And like I said, one of one of the favorite people that uh, I got a chance to meet and work with uh, during my time with the Denver Broncos, at least calling the games here on KOA. And I'm so yeah. glad that we uh, we got a chance to get you on the show here today, Matt. And I hopefully we'll yeah. get a chance to see you again down the road somewhere. And I, I, no matter what you end up doing, I know you're going to be successful at it. Well, I appreciate it, Rick. And, and uh, like I said, I'll be around. And, and uh, I'm a Colorado guy. I'm not going anywhere. And, I'll be around the games next year and be cheering for the for the guys and and uh, so we'll see you around uh, Mile High and we'll certainly see you around uh, uh, Folsom Field and we'll be at those Buffalo games next year as well. But we'll miss you guys and and thanks for all the nice words, Rick and and likewise to you. Thank the world of you and and uh, really appreciate uh, our relationship and, and stay in touch. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for coming on, man. Hope to talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. All right, man. That's Matt Russell. Uh, great guy, as you can tell listening to him and he overcame a lot a lot to get to this place in life and i I have a lot of respect for him for that reason alone hey we got some uh big breaking news here uh that we want to pass on oh yeah um rush limbaugh has passed away what at the age of 70 now i have noticed that i know he they just said recently didn't they say that I've noticed he hasn't been on the radio um, for the last couple of weeks, and he's been battling stage four uh, lung cancer. They talked about him around Christmas time, saying that it wasn't good. But wow! Well, yeah, stage four lung cancer, not good. Wow! Not a good. Yeah, that not many people come back from that. And Rush Limbaugh has passed at the age of seventy. So. Uh, just got the word, and I don't know, where'd you get this, Grant? This is from Fox News? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah so okay. it looks like it just came out like four minutes ago. Just broke. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a big story. Yeah, wow. that's huge. Then, in his final radio broadcast in 2020, this is from the story I handed you, uh, Rush thanked his listeners and supporters and revealed that he had outlived his prognosis at that time. And he said, I wasn't expected to be alive today. I wasn't expected to make it to October and then in November, and then to December. And yet here I am, and today, got some problems, but I'm feeling pretty good. You know, uh, one thing that I admired about him, uh, listening to him, knowing he was dying, was you would never know it on the radio. And he loved radio. He loved it so much, he did it pretty much up until the very end. Whenever he was feeling good enough and strong enough to do it, he would do his local radio show, and... You would never know that he was dying, and he knew he had a death sentence. Yeah, something that stuck with me with him was whether you agreed with him or not on his views, 
he was the consummate professional, and he was great at his job. And and really, everybody in talk radio probably uh, can give Rush Limbaugh some credit for the opportunity to be able to do this on the radio. He was, I wouldn't say the pioneer, but he was the first really big giant in the talk radio business. He might not have been the first guy, but he was the first really big guy. And he got the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2020. Yep. That was just a year ago Yep. when that happened. So uh, really, I'm not shocked. It's it's shocking, but it's not. I mean, you knew this was coming. Well, because you knew he was sick. But I also, you know, wondered lately, you know, when I would tune in, he wasn't on here the last couple of weeks. I wondered if things had taken a turn. So too bad. Uh, thoughts sad. go out to him and his family, his, or his family and and people that loved him. All right. So I'm sure there'll be more about this in our news update coming up here, and uh, we'll throw it to the uh, newsroom. And the breaking news that Rush Limbaugh dead at the age of 70. That's just way too young. Mm -hmm. It is uh, 1024. Coming up on the other side, we'll talk some more Broncos football with Benjamin Albright, our NFL insider. This is KOA News Radio. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. When your legs don't work like they used to before And I can't sweep you off of your feet Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheek? Okay, good morning, we're back. Happy birthday, Ed Sheeran, 30 today. And if you missed it earlier, we have your chance to win $1,000. Text the nationwide keyword SMILE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in the nationwide contest. Keep listening for money on the hour on KOA News Radio. Also, uh, text her from the 719-361. Hey, Rick, 
whenever you start the Rick Lewis Institute of Positivity, <laughs> I think you should try to get Matt Russell, Russell on the staff as For a sh- fellow life coach. For sure. Yeah, he. Um, and I'm glad he came across that way on the radio because he's that guy. Yeah. And just a really, really good dude. And I'm glad we were able to get him on the show and at least get a chance to uh, say goodbye from what he was doing with the Broncos. And hopefully I run into him here Around town, sounds like he's not going anywhere. He'll be doing something again. I didn't know much about his uh, backstory and his personal battles. I think I might reach out to him to get him on my podcast, too. He's oh, got yeah, the right message good. to He would be good on that. There. Yeah. That would be a great idea. In fact, I heard him on a show recently um, for that same reason. They had him on as an inspirational guest. And you'll love him, too, Grant, as well. All right, we're going to bring on our next guest, and I think you'll love him too, Grant. Uh, his name is Benjamin Albright. He's already got my love. The Ed Sheeran was just for him. I think that's oh, a, that's that's a love song for Benjamin. Yeah. Okay. I think he's got to be an Ed Sheeran fan, right, Ben? Benjamin Albright. Well, I think Benjamin come on, likes ben. it harder. Ed Sheeran fan really doesn't quite encompass the depths of my love. I celebrate the <laughs> entire catalog. Uh, the poster above my bed uh, uh, of Ed changes depending <laughs> on what angle you're actually looking at. It. <laughs> it's like a prism, a light prism of Ed, Ed Sheeran. Uh, ben brought to you by Coloradans for Responsible Energy Development. Get the facts on how oil and gas is benefiting Colorado and all Coloradoans. At cred.org. That's C-R-E-D dot org. All right. Uh, so, uh, Benjamin, uh, we have a lot of Broncos rumors going around right now. And you're one of the guys that uh, I talked to during the season, off the air and on the air, about these types of things because you have some good inside sources. So let me start with the uh, first the Drew Locke story that's going around. Michael Lombardi of The Athletic reported Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show. And boy, is Pat McAfee getting a lot of uh, a lot of talk lately uh, that he thought the Broncos were finalizing a deal last week before negotiations broke down. Lombardi also noted the idea that Drew Locke is the franchise quarterback is essentially null and void. We'll start with that one. Well, let's preface this by saying that Michael Lombardi used to work for the Denver Broncos and was fired because he had absolutely no information on anything whatsoever, um, which would butt right up against this report in which none of it is accurate. Um, the Broncos were not finalizing a trade last week. There were no offers made last week or the week before. The only offer that they have made was for Matt Stafford. They have called about some other quarterbacks to ascertain the price tag, uh, for instance, the Eagles. Uh, but when uh, Howie Roseman told George Payton that he wanted a Matt Stafford-type deal for Carson Wentz. Uh, George Payton laughed and hung up the phone per a Broncos front office source. So uh, that ended that. Um, as for Drew not being the franchise quarterback, this is something we've already known. They wouldn't be out shopping if they were sold on him being that guy. That doesn't mean they don't think he can't grow into that. But it does mean that right now, and based on his play last season, uh, that they're not totally sold on him being the guy, so they're exploring other options. So did they actually put an official offer in on Matthew Stafford? 
They did. Um, they put an offer in. I believe it was a first and a third, and they got Stafford and a second rounder back. And then the Lions countered with wanting Drew Locke, uh, wanting another offensive player and a defensive player, and it just pretty much broke down from there. Um, I will tell you, the Broncos wanted to keep Drew Locke because the idea was Stafford would be the quarterback for the final two years of his contract, and then the Broncos would reassess at that point if they wanted to keep rolling with Matt Stafford or if Drew Locke had grown into the role at that point and go with him. And so him being included in that deal was a non-starter. Yeah, and there's a part of me that would like to see the Broncos give Drew another year because the talent is obvious. Mm -hmm. And it's just that he made a lot of mistakes this last season in particular that got a lot of people frustrated and a lot of people dropped off the the Drew Locke bandwagon, that's for sure. But Mm -hmm. there's a part of me that that thinks, man, you just it might be too soon to cut him loose because he's got the talent to be a, a good and maybe even a very good quarterback in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'll say this. If you look at his statistics, um, you know, he's basically started one full season when you add it all together. Um, and his numbers are better than Josh Allen's first 16 starts by a long shot. Uh, the Bills were patient with Josh Allen, built around him. He grew into the role. So there's potential that Drew could grow into that, but I think the team wants to make sure they hedge their bet in case he doesn't. All right, so the next story that's out there, I uh, just saw this one today, and this is from uh, ESPN's Dan Graziano that the Broncos are expected to decline the 2021 option on Von Miller's contract in, in essence, cutting him, letting him go. And he would be an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. I talked to uh, the team this morning about this report when it came out. Uh, There's not any truth to it. No decision has been made on Von Miller. Um, the Von Miller's representation and Von Miller have not been informed of any decision because no decision has been made. Um, so they're not sure where this report came from. Uh, they are exploring options to try to extend Von Miller potentially and um, you know lock him up and make him a Bronco for life. They're looking at all different options. They have until March 17th to make a decision on that. So even if they were looking into that possibility, this report would have been premature by a month. So I would imagine at, at the least they're looking at seeing if they could restructure a deal for him. Yeah, yes. For less money, obviously. The restructure extension. He's he's due eighteen million this coming season if they pick up the option. So what they would do is they would take that eighteen million and guarantee it over a number of years in addition to the other money in the contract. It would lower his cap number, but still keep his guaranteed money the same, essentially. So if you uh, let's speculate now. Uh, first off, on Drew Locke, and I said this early in the show. At the end of the season, I thought it was 90-10 that Drew Locke would be back as the Broncos' starting quarterback in 2021. Then after John Elway stepped down, I, I'm, I'm 50-50 or less on that. Where do you stand on Drew Locke's chances of being the starting quarterback to start the season 2021? Well, let's let's reframe that just a little bit. Uh, I think Drew Locke will be in training camp competing for that job. Uh, I think they're going to bring in a veteran with some starting experience, somebody like a Nick Foles or you know an Andy Dalton, maybe even a Gardner Minshew, uh, somebody that will compete with him that has legitimate starting experience. So it's a legit competition, not like Jeff Driscoll last year, where you brought in a, a guy who was playing wide receiver for the Bengals to play quarterback for you, um, and and go from there. So I, I think that's I think that's the the, the the thing that's going to happen. And I'm, 
80% sure that it's going to wind up that way. The the caveat would be if, you know, the Cowboys, you know, tag and then rescind that tag on Dak Prescott, the Broncos would pursue that. Um, or if the Texans made Deshaun Watson available, they would pursue that, and so would about 20 other teams. Uh, but the Texans have no intention of making Deshaun Watson available at this time. Carson Wentz, is that a no-go Not- here? Yeah, not interested at all. They they called uh, just to get the price tag on him. They weren't even seriously interested. And uh, when Howie Roseman told George that he wanted a, a Matt Stafford-type deal, uh, Peyton laughed at him and, and wondered why he would want that for a quarterback that wasn't appreciably better than Drew Locke last year. Any other quarterback options out there? There's been a lot of names floated around. There could be a lot of big quarterback names available that are possible for the Denver Broncos, other than Watson and the guys we've talked about. I don't know of any big names. I mean, those mid-tier, you know, veteran journeyman type guys, you know, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's of the world. Uh, there's, you know, there's a bunch of those, um, but uh, not any big names. The Seahawks are not going to move Russell Wilson. The Packers are not moving Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, it's just the it's just the off season. So stories like that that have a quarterback's name in them, they get a lot of hype, but there's very little substance to things like that. Speculating right now on Von Miller, will he be a Denver Bronco in 2021? Man, that's a tough one. That's a coin flip to me. I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. I know the team kind of wants to make him a Bronco for life. That's a point of pride for them. But, you know, with the um, they need to get the investigation down there and Parker wrapped up. Uh, no charges have been filed, but, he, you know, that investigation is still ongoing. And then, uh, um, you know, figure out the, the, the money situation. So I would call that a coin flip personally. And also, I think a factor may be the injury. He didn't play all season with that ankle injury, had surgery. I, I don't think. Does anybody know if he can still play at that level yet? Well, that's that's the other part of the question. So I think you Broncos, you approach him with a, you know, a, a, a reduced number in terms of contract, and it's got got escalators if he gets back to that kind of performance kind of thing. And then there was some rumors about a Carolina Panthers trade for Watson, three ones, and Christian McCaffrey. Is that legit? <laughs> well. Um, Sort of. So uh, Carolina, nobody can make offers for Deshaun Watson right now because he's not up for trade. And if you do it in public, that would be tampering, right? So what Carolina has done is they got their, uh, you know, their, their local beat insider there to make a, quote, bold prediction, um, you know, in, in a column. But that is, I, I do know, uh, because I'm very familiar with the coaching staff there in Carolina. Uh, coach Rule actually got his start at Albright University as a linebackers coach in Pennsylvania. Um, That's the so, university your dad started uh no that's not a oh that's <laughs> a different really albright nice. university okay right <laughs> but it is it is actually called albright university though um and, and it is like a distant relative um but it's uh you know it, it, it's funny um i think that carolina is definitely in the quarterback market they are definitely in on deshaun watson and they'd be willing to move uh multiple first rounders mccaffrey and bridgewater to get him isn't that something willing to get rid of mccaffrey that's, that's a little surprising to me, uh, although, you know, running backs don't have nearly the value of a quarterback like a Watson, but still interesting. Yeah, you can. The thing about running backs is you can usually get about eighty percent of the production for about thirty percent of the cost in the NFL. Right. So if you're trying to construct a roster, that's really where it comes down to is is cap mechanics. Uh, because Christian McCaffrey, I mean, very talented, elite running back, elite production, but you can get about eighty percent of his production, his overall production, for about thirty to twenty five percent of the cost if you really if you really want to. He missed a lot of games last year too due to injury. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there's something to that as well. Interesting. 
Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think the only other Broncos news out there would be the, the Justin Simmons situation. Um, obviously, the team's not allowed to talk to him about uh, uh, a, a contract extension until the league year ends. So what they're going to do is they're probably going to franchise tag him again, give him a second tag. That keeps him from becoming a free agent, allowing other teams to bid up the price. Uh, but they fully intend to keep Justin Simmons and get him a long-term deal done. So uh, I would expect that sooner than later. Before you go, Dave Logan wanted me to ask you, maybe I should do this off the air, can he borrow your pink suit? <laughs> really? Dave <laughs> Dave's leg would fit in like <laughs> one of his toes. He couldn't get one leg in your pants. Hey, Ben, right, is, this sorry, your, are... <laughs> is this your green sweater in the studio? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you have to send me a picture of it. I was. Uh, it looks like a grandma little... shawl. Would you <laughs> wear something like that? Or... Oh, it is mine. It is mine <laughs> I told actually. you guys. I was like, no I way. That's it. Ben's. That's style you... now, yeah. isn't it, Ben? Wow. Yeah, I've got a couple of those. Uh, that one. That was just a raggedy one that I have. I've got a couple of those. Yes, that is definitely mine. It's got no pockets on it. It's kind of a hunter green. That's yes. yours. Okay. Yes. We we thought you would probably that would be yours or. Uh, we were trying to think maybe of an older woman that worked here yeah. that may have left it behind. It's, it's an extra small. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a super medium. So. <laughs> okay, well, it's here. Make sure you pick it up next yeah, time. I you put don't... it behind my chair, so it's here for you when you're ready. <laughs> okay, I'll probably be in there. Uh, next time I'll be in the studio probably Thursday, so I'll get it then. Your medium sweater will be waiting for you. <laughs> Hey man, keep doing uh, uh, keep doing what you do, and and keep up the good work. Uh, big fan of yours. Uh, you do you you know I don't know how you do it, but you come up with some really good inside stuff. And most of the time you're right. I know you can't be right 100 percent of the time, but most of the time you are right. And so that's why you become one of my go-to guys. Thanks for coming on. Hey, I appreciate it. I, mean, I love coming on every time. All right, man. Thank you, Benjamin Albright. Brought to you by Cred.org. So that's his sweater. That's hilarious because that's what wow. Grant said. And I was like, no way that's Ben's. That is it looks small. shocking to me. Well, he's not that big of a guy. No, he's not. But I, kind of the style, I guess. Hey, I like that style. Well, you put it on and I'd like to see you, you in it. test it out? Yeah. Sure. Because um, I know I couldn't pull that off. I don't think Kathy could pull that off. Let me see. Hold on. I'm going to put it on right, right now. Kathy's going to put on. This is the green. It's like a hunter green. And come on in here, Grant. Let's see you try I it mean, on. I mean, look at the sweater I have on today. I can't see behind the glass Mandy really. Mandy calls what... it my Mr. Rogers sweater. Oh, okay. So, Kathy, you know what actually kind that of. That looks pretty good on you. That actually Kathy. looks good on you. <laughs> it actually fits perfectly it's on you. It's a me. perfect fit. Kathy, uh, what, 5'4", yeah. 100 yeah. and something. Yeah. But no, it actually looks good on you, and it's got a little hoodie on the back. And so it, right length of arms. We have this. Ben and I have the same length of arms. I figured out. Wonder if uh, same pants size. I bet you he can wear my pants. Oh, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> One bit. All right, so Grant, yeah, you do have on a Mister Rogers sweater anyway. I just want to see how you look in this style because this is a different style here. Oh, that might look good on you. Some Grant. may consider this high fashion. That actually uh, works for you. Yeah. That's a, I, I kind of, you know what? I'm not. I take it back. I like the cut on that. But it's more of like a girly one, don't you think? Yeah, I thought it was a girl sweater. <laughs> but it it, wor- it looked better on Kathy than you, I agree. Grant, but okay. Yeah, I, think it, I think I might have to take it home and wear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I actually did look good on you. <laughs> it's a, I really did not think that was Ben's sweater. That's why I had to ask him, because it's been here for days. <laughs> really? I yeah. know. 
Well, we knew it wasn't Big Al's. No, or JoJo's. Right. They don't dress up. They were like T-shirts. And they're quite a bit bigger than Benjamin Albright. So we knew that wasn't... And we know it wasn't yours or Dave's. Right. So, and we knew it wasn't yours. So I was trying to think of... And Mandy's like said, not here. It, it looked like an older woman's, like a grand, grandma sweater. Well, like a small grandma, though. Yeah. Except for the hoodie part. The hoodie, like an, a grandma probably wouldn't wear that. She would wear the sweater without the hoodie, though. You know, I have that same exact sweater in gray. <laughs> Do you? You Pretty should start much. wearing it because it looked good on you. Pretty much. I'm going to take it home. I think you take that one with you, too. Yeah, we'll don't just, tell Ben I yeah, took we'll, it. Ben will forget about it. He has he, enough clothes. He didn't even know it was here. Yeah, because he's got a massive wardrobe anyway. <laughs> but when you brought up the pink suit, I was like, oh, is this Ben's sweater? Yeah, right. And he does wear pink suits. Really? Yeah. yeah. And Dave couldn't even get a toe in Ben's suit. He, couldn't get a, he could not get a leg in those pants. All right, so it's uh, 1054. Uh, so let us know what you think. Uh, mainly about, I'm, th- I'm thinking mainly about Drew Locke. I want to see where fans are on Drew Locke and also Von Miller, too. And Vaughn has been a great player here. He will not only be a, a ring of famer here for the Broncos, he'll be a Hall of Famer in the NFL. Uh, I want to know how Broncos look at him now. Uh, he missed all of last year. The year before was just a an average year. I think he had eight sacks. And he's had some personal issues here lately, which I know people have been talking about as well. I don't know what's going on. They're... You don't know who to believe when it comes to these personal stories and what's real and what's not, but they are out there. And Drew Locke, do you want to see Drew Locke come back? you want to give Drew Locke another shot, or are you done with him? Are you ready to move on? You can text us, 56690, or call us, 303-713-8585. It's KOA News Radio. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody, we're back. Good morning. 11.07, final hour of today's show. It's been a good one. Glad you're along for the ride. Dave Logan out this week. Uh, Dave's not here. Dave is not here. It's Rick Lewis here. Kathy Lee, Millennial Grant, talking about uh, all kinds of things. Uh, we broke the news earlier about Rush Limbaugh passing at the age of 70. Not a surprise because he had stage four lung cancer, but still you're always kind of a little shocked when you hear the news. And, um, you know, I flip around radio stations when I'm in my car and I've been flipping around to the station he's on. He's on one of our sister stations now on 760, and he hasn't been there in the last couple of weeks. And I was wondering uh, if something was going on there. 
and turns out there was. And uh, Total Icon, uh, anybody that's doing talk radio and making a living at it should thank Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Larry King, probably the, the first really big national talk radio host I can remember. And then Rush Limbaugh came along right after him. And Rush, I think, bigger than Larry King, at least on the radio. Larry King went on to have uh, a great career on CNN with that interview show he did. Yeah, Larry King Live. Larry King Live. Mm-hmm. But on the radio, uh, Rush Limbaugh Dominated was radio. the giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard Stern up there, probably at that same level for, as well. I would say Howard Stern for more of the rock entertainment side. Rush Limbaugh for yep. the political Absolutely. news side, you know? Because they're both the pioneers of really with how long their their longevity. I mean, Don Imus is up there too, don't you think? Yeah. Before yeah, Rush? Yeah, I, I think it's certainly in New York and on the East Coast, but Imus in syndication didn't really work that well. Not as well as Rush. He was on here in this market for a while. Mm-hmm. Nobody remember. knew it. Nobody listened. I did. I would listen when I got the chance just to be able to hear, you know, a guy like that. Here in Denver, Stern was on here for a while. Rush Limbaugh was on this very time slot here on KOA for decades. Decades. Rush Limbaugh was here. The first time I heard him was on uh, KFI Los Angeles when I lived in L.A. That was probably 87 or so, 88. And I remember thinking, who is this guy? This guy is like in your face with the political talk, which really wasn't a thing then. You know, and he came across his presentation very arrogant, you know, which which was part of his, really, his state, part of the show. But I think that's same with Howard Stern. He comes across arrogant, you know, like I think because... Yeah, it's part of the show. Yeah, you kind of just want people to know that you don't care what they think and this is what you think, right? Yeah, part of the persona. But yeah, politically, political talk shows, Rush Limbaugh, the greatest of all time. Yeah, I agree. There's no doubt about it. So, just like uh, Grant said, if you agree or not agree with him, he's still an icon. No doubt. Yep. And I know a lot. There's a lot of people that as many people probably hated him as loved him. But you knew who he because was because of politics. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But you knew who he was, and you knew what you were going to get. And still, even at the end here, he he um, he worked till the end. He was he was great, and you would have never known. Listening to him, knowing he was dying, knowing he had a death sentence. If you listened to him, you would never know. How weird or ironic is it that Larry King and Rush Limbaugh die in the same month? Maybe even the same week. I can't remember when Larry King died. It's been a couple weeks since Larry died. But you're right, same month. In, In stage four lung cancer, from what I understand, people don't usually survive that for more than, I think, five years is... The max. You know what's weird? Larry King died in January. So, but so Larry King in January, Rush Limbaugh in February. February. He died January 23rd, Larry King. Now, Rush was uh, a longtime cigarette smoker. In fact, he used to reference that a lot on the show. He had that line whenever he'd be rattling papers like this. And I'm holding right now in my formerly nicotine-stained fingers, you know, this story. And then he'd read the story. And then he went on to become a big cigar smoker as well, where he, I, I believe he smoked cigars all the way to the end. Uh, and I don't know if that contributed to the cancer, but certainly 
didn't help. So rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. All right, uh, let's go back and talk uh, about football. We were talking about the Broncos, about Drew Locke, his future here. Von Miller, which seems to be up in the air, if Von will be back or not next year. Uh, we talked to Benjamin Albright about that. We're going to talk to our Broncos insider now. Uh, Brandon Cristal, brought to you by Cred.org, Coloradoans for Responsible Energy Development. Get the facts on how oil and gas is benefiting Colorado and all Coloradoans. BK, how you doing? Doing good. You know, I was listening to you guys talk about Rush Limbaugh and a couple things. I thought it was cool in the 70s. He started working for the Royals. So he was doing radio in Kansas City and started doing group sales for the Royals and became really good friends with George Brett. Uh, but was he went from being like a part-time salesman to the head of group sales and was doing a radio show there on the Royals flagship. And then my buddy J.P. Limbaugh, whose dad first cut with Rush, was at his most recent wedding, which I think was like his fifth wedding a few years back, and Elton John played. And so even though you have to think that ideologically Rush Limbaugh and Elton John don't get along, uh, I think the line was Elton John was still happy to take Rush's you know million bucks or whatever it was to play, to play the wedding. Yeah, also, uh, some people may not know or forgot that Rush Limbaugh did Monday Night Football. Sure. It didn't last yeah, long, uh, but he did it. That No, it ended under controversy for his comments made about uh, Donovan McNabb, but they brought him on to be controversial and to give his opinion. He does that, and it lasts for, what, like six weeks, maybe? N- not even? Yeah, so, I have to go back and look, uh, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even a half a year, I don't think. But he, yeah, he was and, given the opportunity. That's how big he he was. I mean, let's face it. That was a monster. Yeah, and I think you, you guys hit it on the head. I mean, it's it was Rush probably before that. Larry King and Don Imus, Howard Stern, you know, they're all on the Mount Rushmore of radio broadcasting and, and talk show, the talk show format. That's a good, so, that uh, would be a good radio topic. Who is on the radio Mount Rushmore? Because Paul Harvey, but he didn't do the same kind of stuff, right? So Paul Harvey, certainly, I remember as a kid listening to the couple different reports throughout the day when I'd be in the car with my dad and like st- sitting in the car waiting to hear the rest of the story at the end of the day. Yeah, maybe we'll do that tomorrow, Grant. Will you write that down on our list? Radio's Mount Rushmore. Uh, that would be an interesting discussion. All right, BK, let's talk about uh, Drew Locke. Um, the The story uh, that came out, I believe it was yesterday, from Michael Lombardi that uh, the Broncos have given up on Drew Locke and they're actively looking for their next quarterback. Uh, What's your take on that? Well, I I don't think that that's 100% accurate. I think that uh, George Payton, like he told us, is going to be in on every deal. And like John Elway would would always say, we're always looking to get better. So And we had this conversation a few weeks ago after the Stafford trade. Them looking at other options doesn't mean they hate Drew Locke. It means they think other people might be better or might be able to give Drew competition depending on what the deal is, right? So uh, when you hear the report from Michael Lombardi, who, uh, you know, and I heard Ben mention the reason he was let go in, in Denver, he was let go a lot of places. Michael Lombardi's had a lot of good jobs and lost a lot of good jobs. Uh, so he, he certainly has people around the league that, that he talks with, but uh, he also is – sometimes a, a bit of a headline grabber and attention grabber. The the sense I get talking to some people in the building was that there were some conversations that are kind of always ongoing and a deal that was even close, wasn't close to getting done. And that one team backed out and I couldn't get the sense of whether the Broncos backed out or the team they were talking to, or even who the player was, but that for a deal that was a deal was done is, is a mischaracterization. It never got close enough to, to a deal being done. And so I think whether it's Deshaun Watson 
I don't know about their views on Mitchell Trubisky. You know, I heard Ben mention Nick Foles and, and some of the other vets like Andy Dalton. Gardner Minshew doesn't qualify as a vet, but he has started a lot of games. He and Drew came in together, and, and I believe we're at the Senior Bowl together. So they're the same age, essentially. Uh, maybe Minshew's a year old or whatever. But I, I think that ultimately, and we're going to do this dance until the Texans make a decision on Deshaun Watson, it'll end up being Drew Locke and some sort of veteran to, to truly compete with. Yeah, and, and we all think that's going to happen for sure. Um, what do you think the chances are Drew Locke is a starting quarterback to start the year? Well, I'd like to say 50-50, right, because that's the easiest way to, to go about it. Uh, and, and I used to do that game with Dave and, and Susie a lot when we worked together that, you know, we're all, really we're all 50-50, right? The, the chances that you or I are the starting quarterback, 50-50, right? Either we are or we aren't. Uh, Kathy might have a shot too. It's 50-50. But uh, I, I think that it's a little better than 50-50 with Drew. I think that right now I'd put it at 60-40 uh, okay. and, and a, hard, a hard 60. It's better than 50%. Because he, he's still their best option financially, talent-wise, uh, to the point you made earlier when, when you guys were talking to Ben about you, you want to see him grow another year. And, and Ben's point about, I think, uh, Josh Allen's a, a good one. Give him another year with Pat Shermer, with Mike Shula, with this offense. I don't think their, their offseason is going to look as, as normal as they want it to. But everything he does when he gets together with his receivers, whether that's here in town, and I think it will be like it was last year, or if they go somewhere, they'll just be drilling what they already have installed rather than learning new stuff. And they can basically mimic practice. Yeah, and it would be uh, obviously a game changer to get a guy like Watson. Uh, but there, there's a part of me that certainly – wouldn't want to give up too soon on Drew Locke because he's he's definitely got the talent. He's got the arm talent. He's got everything. He just needs to make better decisions, be more consistent. And I think he can be that guy. But if you can get Deshaun Watson, that changes the whole game. And Deshaun Watson's uh, in a different in a different ballpark. He's the second highest rated passer in the history of the game behind only Patrick Mahomes. He led the league in passing this year. I get they were four and twelve, but at some point you can only there's only so much you can overcome. And we know what the dysfunction in that organization and them trading away his best receiver and DeAndre Hopkins for no reason and didn't have much of a run game. And he still led the league in, in passing yards. And the previous two years when he had Hopkins and a little more help, they went to the playoffs both years. So we know the talent Watson is. The question is, if Houston decides they're going to entertain truly entertain offers, what will the price tag be? And I think that the Broncos, in order to differentiate themselves – from the teams with higher draft picks at two with the Jets, at three with the Dolphins, or even at eight with Carolina, are going to have to probably throw in a Bradley Chubb to make the deal work. And while that hurts for Broncos fans to hear, the ninth pick just isn't as good, and they're going to want a young defensive starter or a young defensive star. Chubb maybe puts you over the top because that would force the Niners to offer Nick Bosa. And I don't know if the Niners will offer Nick Bosa, um, but that's how the Niners at 12 would have to differentiate themselves I think is is to throw in a name like that. So you know that kind of leads us into the Von Miller conversation, and that in that when you look at the possibility that Chubb could be gone, you can't do anything with Von Miller yet because you want to at least wait and see exactly what's going to happen if Chubb is a part of those potential trade talks, if they ever materialize. Yeah, interesting. That was uh, going to be our next uh, topic here. Von Miller, ESPN's Dan Graciano. Uh, says that uh, the Broncos are expected to decline his 2021 option, uh, in a sense, cutting him loose, and he would be an unrestricted free agent for the first time in his career. Uh, Vaughn did not play a down last year, 
with the ankle injury, had a uh, dislocated tendon, had surgery. Uh, the year before that was just, I think we we didn't see the best of Von Miller for whatever reason. He had eight sacks on the season, not your typical Von Miller year. So some might be thinking, well, he's on the downhill side. He's not the same Von. How well is he going to be able to play coming off this ankle injury? And he makes a lot of money. So there's a lot of question marks around him. Absolutely. But here, here's the thing. The injury wasn't an ACL. It wasn't an Achilles. It was a weird ankle injury. And before that, Vaughn was in the best shape that I think he's been in in a long, long time. Because like you said, he didn't have the year he wanted to have. Yes, he made a Pro Bowl, but a lot of that was on reputation. And so I think that when you, you look at what Vaughn was doing in preseason, he was destroying practice every day when he wanted to. It wasn't all the time. And so because of that, I think that everyone expected he was going to have a, a, a big, big year, including Vaughn. And so there's a thought that he can get back to that. He's just not able to come in and command $18 million this year. I think they want to extend him or at least keep all their options open. So for Dan Graziano, to, and he didn't even tweet that. He said it on, uh, I think he said it on Mike Greenberg's show on Get Up, that, that they're likely to, to move on. Well, I guess you could make that case. It's probably better to report they're likely to not pay him $18 million for one year. They're likely to either restructure him or and, and see what the and extend him so he can finish his career and see what the market bears for J.J. Watt because of J.J. Watt, who is also set to make basically the same money, goes and signs a three year, twenty four million dollar deal. Well, the Broncos are going to say, well, we're not going to pay you twenty four because we think you're better than J.J. Watt, but we're going to pay you thirty two million over the next four years or thirty six million with your fully. 18 guaranteed and another five tacked on top of that. So uh, to, to say that they're likely to move on, I think just isn't an accurate characterization because I don't think, in, or I know for a fact, no decision's been made by talking to multiple people in that building. All right, good stuff, Brian and Cristal. Uh, we wish you were here in studio because you could try on this uh, ben Benjamin sweater. Albright uh, granny ben sweater. sweater. Well, yeah, save, yeah. It, save it for me. It, uh, it's quite for, nice. For I might take it home. We're thinking you oh, may well, not fit in it. It's too small? Yes. We're thinking it could be too small for you. You're a little thicker than uh, than Benjamin. Do you think you and I were the yeah, same ben, size? Ben's a little leaner. You you and I, Kathy? Yeah. Well, I, the picture of you super pregnant always pops up on my phone, <laughs> and, and I remember that. And I'm like, well, at that point, we were definitely, although you, I don't know what you, did you ever get to 200? Because I weigh, I, when I check my weight, I'm always right around 179 to 181. 201. I'm not losing the weight I'd like. Okay. 201. 201, the day that I had Pretty my baby. Amazing. Pretty amazing. Yes. And, and now you're back down to like 175, right? Your normal walk. Yeah, 180. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a shot. Oh, listen I'm to kidding. that. Hey, shot. happy happy uh, anniversary, by the way. Thank you. To you well, thank you, PK. Uh, All right. You happy anniversary to Rick and I? Happy anniversary. To Rick and I? Well, you and you and Eric Lee and, and then. Uh, oh, I thought you meant me because Kathy and I, no, 25 years we, together. Yeah, 25 years yeah, together 20, is my anniversary. Wow. Yeah. 25 years. Yep. Man, and, and you guys are, are still going strong. You're going to give Rush Limbaugh a run for his money. We are. We're still going strong in many ways. Yep. yep. There's no divorce awesome. in sight. Nope. We're still going to We be haven't there. even had any counseling, no therapy, nothing. We've never yelled at each other. Nope. He's only made only me one cry time. once. Right. Yes. You've made me cry only once. Let's not go there. All Wait, right, what BK. was that story? <laughs> no, you don't want to. Let's not even talk about <laughs> okay. it, BK. All right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks, I don't, I don't, don't want to open that can of worms again. I'll call you, Kathy, after the show. Great. I'll yeah. let you know. All right. There he is. Brandon yeah. Cristal, our Broncos insider, uh, brought to you by cred.org at 1124. Uh, let's take a call before the break. We're going to talk about this the rest of the show. Drew Locke, Von Miller, and Ross in the Springs. We have about a minute. Hi. 
Hey, hey, Rick. Hey. Congrats on the uh, anniversary. Thank you. I I want to be a pro guy for Locke. I, 70-30, I think, for him. Okay, you think the chances are 70-30 he will be the starting quarterback next year. It certainly looks like he'll be back. Those chances are pretty good. Uh, he'll he probably have to beat out some year. veteran quarterback in camp. He needs yeah, a normal he, year, yeah. Yeah, he needs a year where there's not as many distractions so he can concentrate on his work. Yeah, that was a very unusual year last year, no doubt about it. Then some would argue, well, how did Justin Herbert do so well? You know, the Chargers rookie quarterback who went through the same thing Drew Locke did, except he had never played a game. So, yeah. Um well, I... They had some weird things happening with the COVID and, uh, you know, losing their starting three at one game. and Oh, yeah. It was a, weird, a very weird year for everybody, especially this team, regarding injuries in particular. And then the COVID yeah. game where Kendall Hinton was the starting quarterback. Hey, thanks for your call, Ross. You have a good day. Thanks, Rick. All right, man. Okay, it's 1125, and uh, we'll take your calls and texts on the other side. KOA News Radio. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm having trouble trying to sleep. Okay, we're back here. Final segment. And thank you for listening today, too. We we really do appreciate it. Obviously, without you, there's, we wouldn't be here. I guess we could be here, but nobody would be uh, nobody would be paying us to do a radio show unless we had a lot of listeners. And and also thanks to uh, all of our sponsors as well. So thanks for tuning in, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, by the way, um, we're trying to get Mike Rosen on here for the final couple of minutes of the show to talk about the impact Rush Limbaugh has had on talk radio. We'll see if we can get him. I know he's been filling in for Mandy uh, the last couple of days. Mandy uh, is back today. So we'll see if we can get him on here. we got a couple minutes to go. Looks like Grant may be talking to him on the phone right now. Uh, behind the glass, we've been talking about the Broncos and Locke, Von Miller. Uh, looking at the text line, it looks like uh, a lot more texters than I thought saying to keep Drew Locke, that they would like to see Locke get another run. Not all of them, of course, but more than I was expecting to see. And as far as Von Miller love, not a whole lot on here. And in fact, a few pretty nasty texts about Von Miller and regarding 
what we're reading about his personal life, which we don't know to be true or not. No, we don't know. But the stories are out there. Well, they're investigating it, so you got to let that happen and then yeah. let them investigate the situation. But I don't see any love here for Von Miller. In fact, some pretty nasty, really nasty text about Von Miller. So that kind of gives you a gauge of where Broncos fans are with him. But but with Drew Locke, it looks like they'd like to see uh, Drew Locke get another run for the most part. Uh, 720, I'm so disappointed looking for info on Rush Limbaugh. I've listened to this radio station for over 30 years, and he was a huge part of our lives. You all probably would not have jobs at KOA if he hadn't been on there. And uh, how many times have I said that today during the show? A lot. Four or five. Several. So yeah. this texter news, probably just tuned in. And didn't hear what you said. We got the text. And, uh, it got the text at 1134. And um, I'm going to bring on Mike Rosen right now to talk about the impact that Rush Limbaugh has had on talk radio. Hey, Mike, uh, thanks for coming on last minute. Appreciate it. Happy to help out, Rick. Kathy, how are you guys doing? Good, doing good. good. And, um, you know, you're one of the first people that I thought of when I saw the news that uh, that Rush had passed. Of course, no surprise, but it's always shocked when somebody that's an icon like him passes away. And I've said several times on the show, Mike, that everybody on talk radio should salute Rush Limbaugh uh, without him, we probably wouldn't have jobs today. Uh, he certainly was a pioneer. I mean, really the first uh, outspoken, quality, nationally syndicated conservative talk show host. And uh, the industry blossomed during the uh, Rush era, to be sure. Uh, you know, I started at KOA in 1986, and I started in talk radio in 1979, which preceded Rush. And I remember maybe in 1989 or so, Chris Olinger, who was our program director, uh, she came to me and let me listen to uh, a recording of uh, part of Russia's show and asked me my opinion. Do you think we should uh, pick up that syndicated programming with Rush Limbaugh? <laughs> and uh, I said, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Well, of course, then he went on to greatness and a, a legend in the, in the industry uh, and a significant player in the conservative cause. Uh, you know, I was on from 9 to noon, Rush was on from noon to 3, and there was a lot of overlap in our audiences. However, there are some people who prefer... Uh, my approach and some people who prefer Russia's approach, uh, but we're both on the same team and we both want to win elections with essentially the same people and the same policies. So it was a wonderful tandem. And uh, I, uh, I'm indebted to Rush for helping the business and helping the cause. Yeah. And Mike, I know you filled in for Rush on occasion nationally, and, and I, I heard you on uh, filling it for him, I and did. I was very impressed with the job you did, and, and you are one of the the all-time great talk show hosts, I, I believe, certainly here in Denver and, and even nationally, and so uh, I'm glad that you feel that way about the impact that he had, and like you, I, I was in L.A. in radio in the 80s, and I remember listening to him on KFI, I think it was probably about 87 or 88, and I remember he just jumped out the radio at you. We hadn't really had a talk show host like him before, certainly uh, in politics. And he just jumped out of the radio, and I was thinking, who the hell is this guy? I mean, he <laughs> was so—he came across as so arrogant, you know? 
But he, he wasn't that guy from what I hear, but his approach, and I think that was his way of getting attention at the beginning, was just getting in your face. Well, that's, that's a point. And he was able to take callers. Uh, of course, then when he had that trouble with his hearing, uh, all of his uh, caller feedback had to be transcribed on a screen for him. Uh, that's not easy to do that because uh, you you read the written word on your screen while you're talking to somebody uh, on uh, in, in your and you're hearing him in uh, in your headsets. Uh, and what a trooper he was, uh, working through that whole period until he had his uh, his operation that was uh, relatively successful, but never restored his uh, his full uh, his full hearing. Also, the earlier version of Rush, uh, he did a lot more funny stuff. You remember the recorded bits, the the impressions? He had a guy, uh, and I wish I could remember his name, who was a regular contributor to the show that did a lot of great satire. Yep. As the years went on, uh, Rush did uh, fewer phone calls for obvious reasons, and I think it had a lot to do with his hearing. And Rush... Uh, would have a couple of very high-profile guests, but he didn't do a lot of guests uh, either. Uh, however, his core was phenomenally loyal, and his core perfectly overlapped with the, the Trump core. Uh, so for the, for the last uh, four years, they were a good team. Yeah, and you're right. His, his uh, presentation did change, I think, quite a bit from the 80s to what we heard uh, here in his final year. And, and also uh, a testament to him is... Well, if you listen to him down the stretch here, as he's dying from lung cancer, you would have never known. That's right. It's, it's, how, many, how many times have you come into the studio, uh, Rick and, and Kathy, uh, virtually coming off your deathbed? Because the last thing you wanted to do is go in and do radio when you're under the weather. But far more often than not, we, we go in and do it. And even if you've got a, a headache and other symptoms uh, and you're tired, uh, when when you hear the intro, uh, analogous to a, the, the bell going off in the corner of a boxing match, uh, the adrenaline pumps and, and uh, you're working again. Absolutely For right. Sure. The show must go on. Yep. Well, Mike, I know you, uh, you've got a tight schedule here. I really am glad we were able to get you on and talk about that. And, and like I said, man, uh, big props to you, too, for the career uh, that you've had. And, and you were the best in the game. And it's it's great that you recognize how great Rush was as well. To be sure. No eulogies, by the way. I'm only semi-retired. That's true. I hear (laughs) you every day doing American financing commercials and other things. And we just saw him yesterday. This is not a eulogy. (laughs) (laughs) I filled in for Mandy yesterday. We crossed paths. Actually, you guys were home, weren't you? Yeah, I don't know why that sounded like a eulogy, but I I just, I guess I've never had a chance to really tell you that, because I do remember when you filled in for Rush that day, and I was really impressed. Like, Wow. This well, is, thanks. This, I also remember when you and Wax were doing your morning show, and every now and then you would have me on as a guest to talk about some political things. Absolutely, man. That's true, man. Well, it's been a heck of a run. I'm glad it's not over for you. Thanks a lot. All right, Mike. That's Mike Rosen. You did kind of like brush it him did, off like he was going It somewhere. did sound like that, didn't it? Yeah. And I don't know why. We just saw him yesterday, Rick. I, I, I'm sorry it sounded like that. I but, think because he, you know, he was here as a full-time before now he's just here to fill in so you kind of feel like he's not as here as much so. yeah and the and the, and since rush passed it made me think of all the other people in the business the icons mike that rosen's and were icon. great and mike mike rosen an icon so i started thinking about larry king mm-hmm. howard stern you know and rush limbaugh and then i'm thinking about the guys locally here and mike rosen's one of those guys and 
So I'm sorry, did, I didn't mean it sound like he was dying. Didn't Howard Stern just sign another 10-year? I don't know if it was 10, but he did just signed a new contract. Yeah. He's 65 years old. Maybe 66. Well, I think... 67. 7? 67. I think in radio, you can work until you really pass. Um, if, you, if you people still want to listen to you. Yeah, and you know what? Um, they're not making guys like that anymore. No. This business is not grooming that yeah. kind of talent anymore. Because I asked you off air, who is going to take over for Rush? And you named a couple people. I'm like, I don't know who You never is. heard of them. No. Right. It's just, um, I don't want to say that they're dinosaurs. Uh, I, I mean that as a compliment, that the business has changed so much, there is not a, a, a huge bench of talent just waiting to come up and take that spot. And I think that's probably the case on with just about every every big radio talent you can think of. Well, media has changed, right? The way people listen to everything, you know, podcasts are a thing. Yep. I mean, it's just changing. Media has changing. TV, regular TV is no longer the greatest medium there is. You can get it, you know, through all the other channels that you can watch from your phone. Absolutely. Going so, back to Howard Stern's new contract real quick. This was in December of last year. Sound a five-year extension. Terms were not disclosed, but Forbes magazine has already reported that he was making $90 million yeah. a year a already. A year, I know. $90 million a year. That is insane. And he does a three-hour show from his house. He said, now that I can work from home, I simply don't have an excuse to quit. That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Can you imagine that? No, we can't. $90 million a year. How about I would just like to make... A quarter of that. Nobody can imagine making that kind of money, no. number one. Well, they don't... Being able to do it from your home, you don't even have to leave the house to make that kind of money. <laughs> That's insane. And to, I mean, to his reach, though, Sirius, when he first joined them in 2004, or sorry, 2006, had 600,000 subscribers. The company now has 35 million. He got in just at the right time. Yeah. yeah. So as media was he changing, really he made the right right yep. transition. He did. He got in just at the right time because before then, uh, XM and Sirius were both really struggling. Well, they were two different companies, and now they're one. Right. And that helped. Yeah. The merger helped. But and they were both bleeding cash. They were hoping that uh, they were um, the the future. And Howard Stern really, really did help them. So, yeah, he did. He got in. He because he took. Remember, he took a piece of the action, didn't he? Like that I was. I think he got thing. a bunch of stock. Yeah, that would make him to move over from regular radio to satellite. Obviously, they think for ninety million a year, it's worth it. I. Well, they, I always often wonder how you could monetize that kind well, of money. Well, if he's making ninety, then that means they're making a ton. Yeah, that's what. That's got to be the case. Because that's what it's all about. It's all about making money. Doesn't matter how great you are. If you don't bring in the money, if you don't bring in the revenue, you're not going to have a job. And it's like that for all of us here in radio. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how great you are or how great you've been or if you've had a 30-year run as the guy. As soon as that revenue starts going down, you're gone. And that's the game. Mm -hmm. We all know it, and that's how it's always been. And so it must be working for Howard Stern, and it must have been working for Rush Limbaugh all the way to the end because Rush Limbaugh, too, 
was making that kind of money. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, here's a text from the 720. Sorry I was blunt today. I'm just taking the rush passing hard. Not sure why. Thank you for all you do. Must have been the texture from earlier that... The, the 30 years, and he was a huge part of, part of our lives. You probably wouldn't have jobs at KOA if you hadn't been there. That's the person. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we read your text on the air. Uh, you must have just tuned in because we've been talking about it since it broke. In fact, we broke it. I don't think any... I, I didn't hear it or see it anywhere else. We have three different networks on in here on TV. And, and we, after we broke it before, probably 15 to 20 minutes before CNN even mentioned it. So, yeah, no, we were on it right away. And, and I know a lot of people loved him, just like a lot of people weren't fans. Just as many loved him and probably more. Stephen Pueblo, hey. <laughs> well, how, you guys have got to be at least up there in, the in, you know, tens of millions of dollars. <laughs> Don't you? We're up there in the. Wait a uh, Wait that's a that's the amount of revenue yeah, we brought in, not what we make. In the background. I think it was hundreds of dollars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was for the first time ever. I got I had to get up early because I had a doctor's appointment today. So I I tuned into the to the Fox and and I was listening to what you guys were talking about. And it's like God, I, I really hope they don't carry that over into the the nine o'clock hour because boy, I don't know that was. You were talking about you were having dreams of each other. And, oh, that was uh, Kathy Lee. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. God. Rick had a list about what women fantasize about. And one of them was yeah, a, uh, a, a, a your male best, best friend. friend. Your male best and then, friend. And so she said she had a dream I, about me. But I said that it never went anywhere uh, than just kissing. <laughs> oh, God. The, oh, he does, the people don't want to sure. hear that, That's, Kathy. That was just you, a dream. Kathy, you still got me totally totally in awe of you and this goes back to the uh, interview i think somewhere around uh, uh joe walsh where you did 27 shots <laughs> is that true it was more like 20 maybe not 27 maybe like 20 <laughs> at one point in my life in my and, 20s and i'm it, i'm way beyond was, that now was this in boulder was this in boulder? yes at cu and i was a fireman in boulder back about then and I, I've got some memories. Maybe we better forget about it. <laughs> yeah, Steve. But I think I think I might have bumped into you at one time or the other. I'm sure you did. I love so, firemen. And I'm, I'm oh, having boy. I'm having these visions, these visions <laughs> of this attractive young uh, uh, Asian girl dancing on the table. <laughs> I can't all right steve thanks for calling I know steve you guys are all underpaid we'll talk to you tomorrow. all right and thanks, thank steve. you Bye. and thank you for listening to checking in our <laughs> our other show that we do together it is cool that uh there's a lot of crossover listeners uh from our fox morning show to this show we hear from you a lot of you on the text line and and phone calls as well and we do appreciate that so hey everybody we're done we're out what a show again today Another beauty. We'll do it again tomorrow. Mandy Connell is back. Thank you, Mike Rosen, for coming on. Brandon Cristal, uh, Benjamin Albright, Millennial Grant. Always a great job as usual. And Matt Russell. Matt Russell. Man, it was good to say goodbye to him in a sense, but hopefully I'll get a chance to see him again. He was a guy that used to see a lot when we were traveling with the team. And uh, Kathy Lee, uh, hope you have some sweet dreams tonight. All right. I just admitted here. it. All I was saying is I admitted it. And Mandy coming up here, KOA News Radio.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.